to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything like that. Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Hard to believe, but what started in March is now coming to a conclusion. Today, Saturday, is the last show of the golf show with Jeff Kopak. It's been a great summer. We've had great golfing weather. Later in the show, Greg McCullough, who was my first guest way back in March, will help us wrap up the season. And we're going to check in with the Pine to Palm golf tournament, which is obviously one of the great tournaments in the upper Midwest. But first, I got to start with, uh, we call him the godfather of the golf show, Mike McFeely. Started it way back, what, 20 years ago? <laughs> I oh, can't God. remember. It may have been longer ago than that, <laughs> yes. believe it or not. Um, happy to be here. I'm glad to know that you're scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, I'm just for, for your last show, just trying to, <laughs> I have two segments to fill. Who I can I get? to fill. Who can I get? McFeely, he's always available. <laughs> yeah. He's not doing anything on Saturday morning. Yeah, he can mumble Occupy time yeah, he, somehow. He's, he used to be in radio, so he could just totally blow smoke out his <laughs> out his uh, mouth for two segments. However, you so actually do, here. <laughs> you do actually have a, a pretty cool trip to talk about, and I, let's let's start with that. And and actually, the circumstances I go back to last winter, and it's kind of touching to say, but. Uh, Travis Dunn, who hosted the show Around the Rink, and I were talking about a trip he made to Nebraska every year, and Travis tragically passed away, but I was going to have him on my show and talk about all that he did, and it turns out, Mike, that you sort of uh, uh, did that trip this year, and I just, uh, uh, well, let's just start yeah, there, and, tap and into I, it. Yeah, how did that get going? So I'm glad you brought up Travis, because the the reason I'm on, uh, outside of desperation on Jeff's part, is is that I took a... a a four-day or three three full days, a three-day golf trip down to the Sandhills of Nebraska and played a couple of golf courses that were just fantastic. And mm-hmm. we can get into that in a moment. We can get into the Sandhills and what that means to golf travel these days. But it, it the linchpin here, is, as Jeff referenced, is Travis Dunn, um, whom uh, we, we've known through media. We've known through sports. I actually knew... Uh, with a friend connection mm-hmm. and I don't want to misrepresent myself. I, I was not a, a close friend of Travis. I was a, a friendly acquaintance that chatted with him around town. Every time I saw him, and if I talked, you know, UND hockey or NDSU football, uh, one was his passion. One was not, I'll just, <laughs> I'll, just I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and, uh, I got to visit with him every year at a Christmas party that, uh, uh, uh some friends of my wife and, and I, Travis was related to them through marriage. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny that you bring it up, you know, you talking with him about this trip yeah. shortly before he passed away. I sort of did the same thing. And I was at a at this Christmas party with him on Christmas Eve last December, actually. And every year I'd see him at this party and he'd tell me about this trip that he would take down to Nebraska uh, to a course called the Prairie Club. And more recently, a course called Cap Rock Ranch. Mm-hmm. Next to each other in the Nebraska Sandhills, just outside of Valentine, 
Nebraska. And Travis, for years, had said, you need to get down there. You need to get down there. A mutual friend of, of ours, of Travis and mine's, uh, a guy named Tom Welly, better known as Ben Welly's dad. Um, <laughs> Travis was also all over him for years saying, God, I know you guys love to play golf. You got to come down with me. You got to come down with me. I have a great group. And I finally talked with Travis at this party and said, you know what? You have to give Tom a call and, and get him down there this year. I said, I don't know if I can go, but but you need and Tom need to get together, get this done finally, and get his butt down there to Nebraska. Because you always talk about it. You never get it done. And Travis is like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And sure enough, shortly after Christmas, Travis called my friend Tom and said, let's let's do this. And they set up a trip down to Nebraska with Travis's hosts and friends, um, a couple of doctors from Pierce, South Dakota. I'm getting into tangled web here, but it all makes sense. And so they set it up and they all got together. They all got on a text chain together and they're all ready to go in in late July to go to Nebraska. And then we all know what happened like two weeks after that. Yeah. Uh, Travis passed away, sadly, at, at a way too young of an age of, was he 62 or something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, just way too young. And so the the friends, the doctors from Pier, after the appropriate time had passed, uh, you know, called my friend Tom and said, well, you know, why don't you still come down? I mean, why don't you still come down? Mm-hmm. Why don't you find somebody else or a couple other people to, to come down with you? And we'll we'll be glad to host you at these clubs. Uh, one is private, one is semi-private. And, you know, come down, we'll celebrate Travis and, and raise a glass to him after one of our rounds and, and enjoy. And Tom uh, uh, invited me. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it after, you know, kind of checking with the wife and all the usual stuff we mm-hmm. husbands have to do. And she said, "Go for it." Yeah. And so we went down to down there um, last weekend and raised a glass to Travis and and talked about him and his memory as we were sitting around a dinner table at the Prairie Club uh, with not only the two doctors from Pier but also uh, a gentleman named Jim Bond from Fargo who knew Travis from playing out at Detroit Country Club and Jim was part of the group that would go there every year mm-hmm. and uh, we had a, a hell of a good time. It yeah. was it was fantastic. Sad. Um, you know, especially, you know, for those guys who knew Travis and had hung out with him for, for a decade, you know, more than I did. But I mean, what a what a what a great experience it was. And I was I was happy to be a part of it. Mike McFeely joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM show brought to you by Michelob Ultra. I have driven through the middle of Nebraska. I've taken that way on my way to Colorado for uh, there's always a different way you want to take to Colorado. But I never thought of a golf course in that, in that setting. You never think of that place as a thing oh. of beauty like you described it. This is radio, so I don't know how you describe beauty, but I'll give you give me uh, yeah, your best shot. I don't shot. know. I mean, we're, we are allegedly wordsmiths in what we do for a living, Jeff, and maybe it's easier to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I knew nothing about the Sandhills other than I had heard of them, and I had heard of these golf courses that were in the Sandhills. But I, I'm the guy that my travels to Nebraska have always been to Omaha, or to Lincoln, or driving through as fast as I can to get somewhere else. And I've only seen the eastern side of the state. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go, well, okay, it's Nebraska. I mean, what? okay. I mean, it's not that much different than, yeah. than eastern North Dakota or eastern South Dakota. What's the big deal? But years ago, Ben Crenshaw and uh, Bill Coor, a, a famous 
uh, golf course architect built Sand Hills Golf Club near Mullen, Nebraska. And everybody had the same reaction. What in the why? What? Why? why <laughs> Didn't they, did they have a private airstrip too? Yes, or something? Uh, yeah. yeah. Why don't you just build it on the moon? <laughs> well, once people got out there, they went, oh my God, this is like the most amazing topography and the most amazing just vision for a golf course you could ever have. Because essentially what the sandhills are, are, are massive sand dunes. That and this is all you know geological history. The Rocky Mountains eroded over hundreds of thousands or millions of years. The wind blew the sand to the plains of what is now Nebraska. They made these huge sand dunes that are 100, 200, 300 feet high. And over time, they got covered with prairie grass. Hmm. And it, 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 it's this amazing. I've never seen anything like it. I'd never been there. I haven't driven through. I'm just going, my God, look at this landscape. And it's all unbroken, beautiful prairie. You know, open skies, very few trees, a handful of rivers, things like that, but just absolutely gorgeous and custom made by God himself to put golf courses on. And they have now put a handful of, you know, three, four, five golf courses out in the middle of nowhere in the sand hills, and they are terrific. They are fantastic. It's like playing Lynx golf, which you see for the British Open, yeah. except there's not an ocean within 2,000 miles. Is it like our Pebble Beach? Um, you know, Pebble Beach is it's sculpted along the ocean. Yeah, I mean, one of us has not been to Pebble Beach, so I don't know how to answer <laughs> that. Uh, but it, it's it, it's just it's so I have to say no because I mean, Pebble Beach is at its core a housing development. Yeah, and and these are not these are there's nothing there. There's nothing out there mm-hmm. except golf and and meadowlarks and rattlesnakes and antelope running across the golf course. And you can look up pictures and you can look up drone videos on YouTube or on the web, but it is it is rolling topography and and prairie grass covered sand dunes and nothing else. What's the nearest town? Now I played two golf courses, actually three golf courses. Okay. Um, one was the Prairie Club, which has two golf courses on it, and the other was uh, Cap Rock Ranch, which is just two years old. It's a very private, you know. I fly my G5 in here for the weekend and, and golf type of place, which I did not. Um, I rode with Tom in his in his SUV. Um, that's called Cap Rock Ranch. They're about, I think, 10 to 15 miles south of Valentine, Nebraska, okay. which is just across the South Dakota border, right smack dab in the middle, if you're looking at it, east to west of Nebraska, mm-hmm. just south of the Rosebud Reservation. Go two and a half hours south of Pierce, South Dakota, and that's you end up there. And there is nothing there. Other than these golf courses, other than Valentine, Nebraska, which is a town of about 2,500 people, it, just absolutely amazing. And now the first original course was the Dunes course at the Prairie Club, which is, it's just, it's a Lynx style course. It's called the Scotland in the middle of Nebraska. Absolutely. It, yeah. it is, it, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before, anything I've ever played before. It's these huge golf holes designed by Tom Lehman, uh, undulating Downhill shots, uphill shots, undulating greens. The bunkers are all natural because everything is sand. The underlying soil is sand. It's unbelievable. And so all they did was cut it out. Cut it out. (laughs) And I was told, and I haven't researched this, but I was told by the two members with whom I played, um, I'd be remiss to not mention them, two fantastic guys, Dr. Joe Villa of Pier, South Dakota, and Dr. Mike Richardson of Pier, South Dakota, both golf nuts, both outdoors nuts, uh, my kind of vibe, um, but they said that that the amount of of soil they had to move to make the dunes course like could fit in a wheelbarrow. 
I mean, they they just they just laid out the holes and wow. planted the grass. Yeah, and and that was it. Um, the other course, the Prairie Club, is called the Pines Course, and you might wonder why what why pines in the middle of the prairie. There is a river going through that area called the uh, Snake River. Okay, and over the millennia, it has carved a hundred to one hundred and fifty foot deep gorge through the middle of nowhere. And Ponderosa pines mm-hmm. have since grown there, and it is—it's it, like the Black Hills, I suppose, or I suppose it's like Colorado when you're standing out over some of the holes and you can look out over this gorge. It's a hundred to, to one hundred and fifty foot deep, yeah. with a with a, a, a river down there that's crystal clear and full of trout. It's a blue ribbon trout stream, yep. and that course goes through mostly through the trees next to this gorge. And it's just utterly fantastic. It's you can't you can't. I, I, I've been some places. I've been around the world. I've been around this country a lot. I, I was absolutely stunned at the beauty of the middle of Nebraska. I would have never in a million years guessed how beautiful it is out We're there. We're gonna take a short break. You speed and radio. You know we have to do these things. Little breaks. <laughs> Got to pay the bills. <laughs> That's what as they say. This is Jeff Kopak. This is a golf show. Back after this. Back for the final golf show of the season. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you on 740thefan. 740thefan.com is the web address for the podcast. Mike McFeely is the guest, columnist for the forum of Fargo-Moore at Inform.com. Just came back from a dream golf trip in Nebraska. Have you played anything similar, Mike? you played a lot of courses around this country. Anything come to mind? Well, let me let me finish my oh, description finish your of the course. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you know, no, the two courses at the, at the Prairie Club are what I talked about. Yeah. The, the Prairie Club is semi-private. So that means, you know, you and I, even without an invitation from a member, could go down there and, and pay. And I paid my way, by the way. I want to make that clear. This wasn't a some sort of, of junk. Full, full I, disclosure. I, yeah, I, I paid my greens fees. I paid food, room, all that stuff. Um, but the, the, they built a course next to it. Um, again, taking advantage of the Snake River Gorge that's there. That's called Caprock Ranch. Never heard of it. Never yep, heard of yep. it. Yep. Um, and... Caprock is when you look at this gorge, and again, look on the internet for the the Snake River, Nebraska, or Caprock Ranch. The, the, this gorge is rimmed by this white shale stone, hmm. and it's always been called that's called the Caprock of this gorge, and so it's called Caprock Ranch. Now, what that designer did, um, Gil Hans, uh, one of the most famous, now the hottest architect in in the golf world. He took advantage more of the gorge than Graham Marsh, who designed the Pines course at the Prairie Club, did. They kind of stayed away from the gorge at the Pines course. Mm-hmm. At Caprock Ranch, they built these holes, like, right along the edge of the gorge. I mean, we're talking there's a green hanging out over the edge of the gorge, where if you take a wrong step at the edge of the green, you're going 100 feet down and not coming back up. Mm-hmm. Alive, anyway. You're not, you're, you come back up eventually, but not alive. And it is, it is stunning. I mean, it, it's just it's it, it's like standing on the side of a mountain with a green and a tee box, and it's your your last few holes are along that, and several you know what seven eight of the holes are right along that that ridge, and it's just this this amazing thing where you just go, this is incredible. And this so, isn't New Jersey; it's drivable. No, it, right? Yeah. Well, right. And and yeah. now Caprock Ranch is is a I think it's limited to a hundred or one hundred and fifty members, and oh, and you need. Again, the guys I 
yeah. went down there with our members, yep. and they invited Tom and I to play with them. You mm-hmm. have to be there with a member. Um, you, you can't even be on the course without a member. Um, so he had to kind of split up the groups to get both the members out there. Yep. Um, and we had another member with us. But I'd, be, I'd be really remiss if I didn't mention Mike Young, who was th- this rancher slash businessman from Valentine, who was the life of the party and one of the greatest guys I've ever met in my life. Um, just this hilarious larger-than-life figure that owns or used to own Young's Westernware in Valentine, the largest Westernware store in Nebraska. Yeehaw. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah. But, but I mean, just an absolutely... I, I told my wife once in a lifetime experience. Even if I go back there someday, yep. I don't know that it's one of those things where you you don't know what to expect, and it just exceeds whatever expectations you have. It's fantastic. But but if you're aside from the fact that a place like Caprock Ranch is private, again the Prairie Club is open to the public. It's going to cost you money. I got a break on my greens fees because I was sponsored by a member. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you money. You have. You know, it's going to cost you money to either stay in in Valentine at the Super Eight, or to stay at at the the, the club itself. Are, okay, they have they, a they have right lodging on. there. They yep. have uh, you know cabins there. They're not cheap, but they're not. You don't have to be a millionaire. I mm-hmm. mean, you you know, I mean, a, a columnist from the form of Fargo Morehead could save a few dollars and stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, you know, as I did. Um, but it's if you are a golf nut, if that's a thing you like, and there's to a do, lot of you out there. Yes, yes. I mean, please. Check out the Prairie Club, and 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 if you get a chance to go down there, get it, it's it's eight hours from here to drive, mm-hmm. and so it's not a short trip, but it's also not an impossible trip. You don't have to have a a Learjet to go there. You can drive there, mm-hmm. and it is it is first rate. I mean, you mm-hmm. you once you pull up in the driveway, um, you have a, a valet take your keys, and you never see your keys again, and you <laughs> never touch your bags again you never touch your golf bag again it is top rate but it, it it's affordable but not cheap so that replaced what on the bucket list when you played <laughs> yeah yeah we'll have to yeah. yeah we'll have to see but it's it's uh if if you're a golf nut it's it's do it i mean it's it's worth it it really is is it hard are they hard courses yes i would say so and, and there's there's five sets of tees mm-hmm. and so it all depends what tees you play and this may come as a shock to people who live in Fargo-Moorhead, but it all depends on the wind as well. Um, you know, <laughs> so we should be good at it. Yes, yes. but uh, we got we got two days of dead calm, and then our final day it blew about 15, which isn't a lot for around here, mm-hmm. but it was enough uh, where you went, okay, this is a whole different golf course when the wind's blowing 15. And you talk to the guys like Joe and, and Mike, and Mike, and they will tell you, I mean, you know, we, this is a place where if you go there, you're a long ways from anywhere, so you play golf if you're there. And if the wind's blowing yeah. 30... Did you play like 36? You go. I played uh, 36 Friday, 36 Saturday, and 18 Sunday. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's all it's Have all. Have you hard. recovered yet? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I played Monday. I played nine Monday as well. Oh, God. And nine Tuesday. And Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so, um, Are you going to work this week? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple things yeah, in the paper, yeah, but uh, yeah. thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Are you going to write about this? Uh, maybe. Uh, my newsletter. I'm working on it. Uh, okay. In my newsletter. Uh and so people can read it there. How do but they reach you? It, um, they can go to the newsletters section of the uh, Inform website and sign yep. up for the McFeely Mess newsletter. Otherwise, you can follow you on Twitter. Want, if you just want to talk to me, Twitter or X follow or me on Twitter called. or X and call me, email me. I don't care. I'll be happy to talk with you about it. But it's it uh, it was a it was a dream trip for a Jamoke from from mm. Moorhead, Minnesota, uh, who you know grew up playing a nine hole 
uh, course in uh, called Lake Miltona Golf Club, and now I play Village Green in Edgewood. So uh, it's just it's it was I would recommend it if it, if you can make it work financially and time wise, do it. You it, miss it, the show, don't you? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, I do. At I least do. I haven't driven into the ground <laughs> as far as I know. You of. did the first time, but the, <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of got a second <laughs> breath, and you're all, all is good now. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate yeah, it. Great thanks time. Thanks for having me on. Wow, what a what, what a trip again. It's uh, Nebraska. Just Google what Google. Sand Hills Sand Golf Hills, or yeah. uh, the Prairie Club or Cap Rock Ranch if you have a rich friend who yeah. is a member there. Yep. That's Mike McFeely. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show is presented by Michelo Baltra coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio. We're going to take a break. Back after this. Just aim it at that trap. It'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing, though I wouldn't give you a nickel. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740. The Fan again. Thanks for my cohort from the forum, Mike McFeely, for joining the show and talking about what a fantastic trip to Nebraska. We switch gears to the uh, one of the staples of summer, certainly, and it's almost football season's here, and this I'm not going to say it, it, it signals the end of the golf season because I love fall golf, but uh, certainly one of the, the greatest amateur tournaments in the country. It's the Pine de Palma begins Monday at the Detroit Country Club. Please be joined by the tournament chairman, Vern Schneidhorst. Good morning, Vern. How are you? Good morning, Jeff. Great. Thanks well, for having me. Well, here we go, huh? Let's start your engines. Yeah. Um, give us, uh, you guys ready to go, obviously. We are. You know, I think we're all geared up. We have... Uh including the defending champs. We'll have 490 players uh, in the tournament this year. Um, the courses have been in great shape all summer. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's going to be probably the best condition. A lot of these guys that have played in it for years have seen it in. The greens are going to be really fast and have been really smooth all summer. So, uh, you know, the field right now is, is looking good. We get a lot of, uh, I think, a good mix of younger guys and, and middle-aged guys and older guys. So it should be a lot of fun. How does that course stay in such good shape when uh, one of the best tournaments is in August and it's like it's it's prime time? It can't be easy. No, you know, um, we have a really good grounds crew. Um, Zach Foltz is our new superintendent. Um, Darwin Lindsay, who had done a great job for, I think he'd been out there 27 years, went out to Bully Pulpit after after the year last year, just made a, a career move. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we were able to get Zach Foltz, who is a, a DL grad uh, from, I think, like 2013 and been working up in Fargo as an assistant superintendent. And Zach and his crew have just done a, a wonderful job. And our new pro, Tom Dolby, um, has just a ton of golf knowledge and tournament knowledge. Um, and he, he understands course layout really well. So he's implemented some new things, too, as far as, like, reshaping the fairways to their traditional width and, mm-hmm. and changing some things around the greens. And he's actually letting the rough grow up uh, where the big hitters are going to hit if they miss off the fairway, and they'll be in some longer rough this year. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a little different look than what the players are used to. You mentioned the defending champion, Joshua Robards, is back. He beat Ian Simonich last year in the title match. Uh, is the usual assortment of top-notch golf players from the college ranks, I would imagine, are entered? Yeah, you know, a um, lot of really good college players. We've got, I think, you know, three or four. NDSU Bison, mm-hmm. uh, Ian along with uh, Jack Johnson and Gavin Concrete and... Um, We've got some of the older guys like uh, defending or, you know, past champions, Todd Hillier, um, Rick Kuhn, um, Connor Holland, uh, Ben Welly. 
Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a good mix. We'll have, I'm sure, 40, 50, 60 college players, um, some really good um, middle-aged, older guys, and then uh, also some good, you know, high school players too. Um, Kyler Schwamm from uh, Farmington High School was our medalist last year, and he's going to be back. So, yeah, it's a good mix of, of players, and it's a really deep field. We're really looking forward to it. You mentioned Todd Hillier. He beat somebody named Tom Hoagie in the 2010 title match. That's got to be a right. pr- know, pretty good thing know, for him. Exactly. You get into match play, and, and some of these veteran guys like Todd Hillier and Rick Kuhn, they have so much experience on our course and so much experience with math, match play. Um, and because our course isn't overly long, you know, 61 to 60, mm-hmm. 61 to 6,200 yards, um, kind of really it maybe negates the distance advantage some of the younger guys have. So, yeah, those guys are really good at playing match play and are always very hard to beat. Pine Palm Chairman Vern Schneidhorst joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio in Fargo. You talk about the length of the course. It brings some of the top-notch female players into the mix, too. I know Amy, then Anderson, made a run. Uh, I, I know you've had some pretty good players. Uh, is that part of the mix this year? You know, uh, we don't have any female golfers this year. We always welcome them if yep. they want to play. And and certainly Amy had a good run. run. She actually got defeated by Tom Hoagie in the That's semifinals right. the year that Tom won it. Yeah. And uh, Kate Smith, who is a Big Ten champion and is a, a DL grad and is playing on the um, Epson Tour right now, which is like the corn ferry of the LPGA. Mm-hmm. Um, she played it a few times and got to match play and had some success. Um, so, yeah, we always welcome it, but we don't have any any good female golfers entered this year. What's Championship Sunday like for, and describe that for people who haven't seen it and been a part of it. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a grind. Uh, the The semifinals happen on on Sunday morning at uh, 7.50 and 8 o'clock. They go out in twosomes, so they play fairly quickly. And, you know, then they get maybe two, three hours off, and they come back for the championship. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they really have to stay focused. It's kind of a long week, and, and it, you know, with the match playing, it can – Sometimes in the championship match, you, you don't always see the cleanest golf or they might not score the, lo- score the lowest just because, you know, they're the nerves, obviously, for one, they know they're in the championship, but they've also had kind of a long week and stuff too. But uh, yeah, it makes, you know, it's a very exciting format. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's It seems like we always have some really good players in the championship. So we get good galleries and, and uh, we've got all the other the only people that play that day are the guys that are vying for championships, right? So it's yep. uh, the championship of all the flights, the mid-am, seniors, super seniors, and uh, it's a fun day. Describe the divisions, mid-am, super seniors, seniors. Uh, they continue to uh, get some uh, popularity to to them? Oh, absolutely. You know, very good players, too. Um, so the mid-am would be, you know, up to eight, or uh, up to age 45. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got Mike Melhus, um, you know, and Mike and Greg have great been player. great area yeah. players for a while. Mike is a two-time defending champ in that. And that's got a field of 40 guys, and uh, we narrow it down to 16 for the um, the championship part of that. Um, the seniors um, is up to um, age 65, or you got to be over 50, over 55, or yeah, over mm-hmm. 55, excuse me, and up. And uh, Bill Schomer, two-time defending champ from the cities, is back. And then the super seniors is 65 and up. And Bert Olson um, from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the Grad is defending champ there. So yeah. it's really competitive. Um, even, you know, in the um, senior championship uh, flight, we expanded that to 32. 
a couple of years going, you still have to shoot like a 78 to get into that. Jeez. So it, it's really good competitive golf. Yeah, and there's more than golf uh, on the course stuff. There's a legacy award, and there's yep. the the Rutledge Award. Why is that important to you in the tournament? Well, the legacy award is, is people that have been integral and played a key part in the tournament, or have kind of represented the the whole uh, feel and the the I guess the idea behind the pine the palm for years and years. And we want to recognize those people and show them their appreciation for for, I guess, representing golf and the Pine to Palm tournament the mm-hmm. way we want it to be. And um, then we also recognize people that have been playing in the tournament every year for 25 years. And we invite all the the past 25-year-old uh, or 25-year record uh, um, people back as well. So that's usually, you know, a dinner of about around 80 to 100 people. And wow. and we give them a, um, a nice uh, memento and, and recognize them for their long time playing the tournament. Yep. Do things get pretty intense at times in tournament central during the week? Do you have, do you have situations where, um, you know, it's a tournament, right? Right. You know, not, not so much. I think now everything is, you know, technology based. So everything's pretty clean that way. And we have really good people. Um, I think if, if you run into any like heated situations, maybe occasionally with a ruling, mm-hmm. um, where somebody doesn't feel like, you know, it's correct, but we have a really good, uh, rule staff, you know, they, they, um, they're kind of, I, I give them a hard time rules geeks, you know, they have those <laughs> conversations about the rules of golf and they know what they're talking about. So they do a nice job, but I think for the most part, um, you know, everybody is really a good sport and, and represents the game of golf the way they should. Yeah. You've done this, uh, since the tournament chair since 2021, correct. And so does it get easier Vern with each year or is, it, or is every year different? Well, last year, yeah, actually was my first year. Last year, okay, um, yep. Yep, yep, and it, it certainly does. You know, the first time you do it, you're kind of feeling your way through it. Jim Bruflot had done it nine years previous to me, helped me a lot last year. And so, yeah, this year, um, much easier, I think, you know, with online registration now, and, and that's made things so much easier, too, than back in the days they would talk about when people would mail in registrations. Um, you know, you had to get a hold of them on phone. If something had to be changed, now you can use email and stuff or text them. So that part of it, it's become much more, I guess, streamlined. And, and with Golf Genius, um, you know, and if anybody wants to follow the Pine to Palm, they just have to go on Golf Genius. And um, the, the GG ID is P2P, and they can follow, you know, the live action and, and get up-to-date scoring hole by hole of whatever match they want to see. So all that stuff I think has made it a lot easier. Yep. So golf genius, the P2P, that's it. And that's your, that's yep, your, that's, idea. It. So that's great. Vern, that's thanks for, idea. uh, thanks for setting the table for another great tournament. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to it and we, we appreciate your guys' coverage. Absolutely. That's Vern Schneidhorst, the, the, the director, the chairman of the Pine to Palm golf tournament. We'll be back. Uh, Greg McCullough is going to wrap up our season right after this. I saw you slam your club in anger. And we're back. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from 740 The Fan. We started the year with my next guest, my final guest of the year, Greg McCullough from Edgewood, the head pro in the golf course North Fargo. And I thought pretty appropriate to have Greg wind up this summer. So here he is. Good morning. How are you, Greg? Good morning, Jeff. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Well, you have a long way to go in your season. I'm I'm finishing with the with the um, the talking head portion here. But give us a sense of the summer. Seems like uh, things have gone pretty well. 
Yeah, I think we had a, you know, everybody had a little tough spring to get going and, and the weather didn't really help us, but really since, you know, Memorial Day or just after until now, it's been really good. And August, you know, August has been good. It started obviously good this year and, you know, September might be the best time to play. So we're excited. We're excited about, you know, more golf. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, as far as numbers, do you have a sense of, is it on par from previous years? Is it on record pace? I, I know, and I've known you've done like number of driving range balls, which is crazy. Yeah. I think everybody is, you know, um, obviously since COVID hit golf has had a big boom. And I think everybody, you know, at all the parks courses, when, when, once we get going and are able to play, mm-hmm. um, I think everybody's been really busy. So it's been a really good summer and we appreciate everybody's um, ability or want to come and play golf. Yep. And what's on the, on the, on deck? I know Edgewood's had a driving range project in the, in the mix. What's the latest on that? When, what's the plan? Yeah. In fact, we uh, had a meeting this morning. They're going to start um, next Monday. Okay. And, um, We'll still be open. We'll work around. They'll, they'll have to put up a snow fence and some things like that. So uh, we'll be able to work around that. They're going to start Monday. They're probably going to pour concrete um, a week from Wednesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they do that, they got to let it cure for a couple weeks. Then they'll put the turf in, and then they got some finish up stuff. So I think it's scheduled to be done around the, the 18th of September. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're excited to uh, get going with that, too. And for turf, specifically, why do you need turf? It's not very long. I, I get that. But I, you see more and more driving ranges now with turf. And because I think turf's so much better than it was 10, 15 years ago. So why don't you get into the details on that, on, on what golfers can expect with the new turf? Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail right on the head. Obviously, the turf is much better. The, the fake turf is much better than it was. So it does give you some opportunities to, you know, kind of use it like regular turf. Mm-hmm. You know, in this, in this in this area, our season is so short, so you know it takes a while for the grass and the, and the soil temps to get warmer. So we believe that we can maybe start a little earlier than we normally would, and save the turf and still be open. And then obviously in the fall, the same thing. We you know once we hit probably that first week of October, end of September, mm-hmm. we're really not growing grass anymore. So anytime that you use the turf, you're not getting any recovery. Yep. So the recovery period probably doesn't start until the next May. Mm-hmm. And for us specifically, our range is so small. If you go out there now, you know, we've had a great range here, but it's, it's pretty beat up after, you know, three and a half solid months of, of using it. So it's going to give us an opportunity to maybe open earlier than we would, or maybe stay open later than we normally would. Plus the fact that we'll also get probably four to five weeks there where we can actually do a little TLC on our, on our regular turf um, to have a little better hitting conditions during the summer. For those of us who use you from time to time as a, a swing coach, uh, you'll still be able to teach, correct? Yes. Yeah, there, there's there's no interruption on how we're going to use our range. We'll just have to, you know, there will be certain days when they're building it that we'll have to go either one way or another to get around it. But it really doesn't, you know, close us at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a way that I think we've got a good plan there to, to, to do it while we can still play and, and give lessons and, and you know, Obviously, we have the high school season starting. The Class B started this week. Class A starts next week. So mm-hmm. we don't want to impede on what goes on there either. It'll just be a little. It'll be a little different to get there. Greg McCullough is the head professional at Edgewood Golf Course in North Fargo. This is Jeff Kopak. The show coming to you from Gunnerson Jewelers Studio. I've said it before, and and I think it's a good way to to wrap this up too with the Fargo Parks in that 
I feel like there's something for everybody. You got the Osgood Nine, you got the Alzago Par Three, you have the um, Prairie Wood, which is the executive. The two big courses. I don't know what else is there. You have the great practice facility by your course. Is there anything else out there? What am I missing? Well, again, Jeff, you said it best. We are really lucky within our system at Fargo Parks. We do have five facilities. We have two 18-hole golf courses, one on the north side, one on the south side. And then we have three nine-hole courses. We have you know one on the north side, one on the south side, and then Osgood, obviously, more towards the west. So it does give everybody an opportunity with um, no matter what kind of golfer they are or, or how they want to play. You have some different opportunities to play golf in different spots. You know, and it is it is unique. I believe I haven't seen it a lot in a, in a metro area of our size. No, you do actually have um, you know five different places you can play that are fairly spread out or reasonably close to almost anybody, and you get to play different styles at each place. Yep. Well, I got three questions left for you, Greg. In the in the world of golf, three questions in the last I don't know four five minutes or so, and we're going to touch into the in, into the uh, the whole scheme of golf and. Obviously, got to start with PGA versus Live. Where are we going with that? You know, that's a great question. I wish, I wish, you know, we would get some basis as to what is going to happen. I, I don't really know. I know, you know, behind the scenes. Again, we've talked about this a lot. It's it's kind of hard for golf because there is no off season. Mm-hmm. They've done a they've done the job where they're they're playing all year round, and the and the tours are fairly intertwined. So. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do. I actually don't even have a clue as uh, which way, which direction they're going to go. Yeah. I don't know if anybody does, you know, I, I, mean, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. They've been pretty, you know, pretty quiet or, um, you know, they're not, they're not sending a lot of stuff out. So it is, it's, it's hard for them. I know, cause they're trying to finish up their year and they're going to go into their playoffs and do the tour championship. So, but eventually they're going to have to come out with something. Tom Hoagie from Fargo is 41st in the FedEx Cup standings, heading into the uh, into the PGA uh, Tour Finals coming up here. Will he make a run? He's uh, had a good 3M tournament. Where does he go? Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of Tom. Tom's summertime hasn't been his greatest time to play the last couple of years. Not that he's played poorly, but, you know, the early part of the year um, has been a little bit better for him. Um, I know he's doing a – it seems like he's doing a really good job of taking time away from the golf. Mm-hmm. And I know he's been a little frustrated with maybe how he's played at certain times. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, they cut it to 70 instead of 125. So he's in that and he's got to stay in the top 50 um, to make it to the next one. So he's going to have to play reasonably well, not this week, but next week um, to keep on playing. He's in his early 30s, so I think there's still a lot of prime left in his career, don't you? How far, uh, what is the prime of a golfer's career? You can go into your 40s, mid-40s, I think. Yeah, I think he's, you know, there's a lot of things that change as you get older, and Tom has always been a really good player and, and will continue to be that, and I think you learn more and more about the game and more about yourself as you get a little bit older. You have, you know, a different vision as to what goes on, so... You know, he seems to be pretty happy with the trajectory. I know it's it's hard, right? I mean, that tour is hard. They mm-hmm. they send 40, 40 22-year-olds at you every year. So, you know, Tom's got Tom's got a lot of work, but he he also when he when he plays to his ability, he knows he can compete with anybody. Um, you know, he's he's on a great run here and and hopefully he can continue on. And a story I covered this year and was fortunate to to cover that out at Pebble Beach, who is is Amy Olson uh, playing in the U.S. Women's Open at 
seven months pregnant, gave the cut a shot, but ultimately didn't make it. Greg, have we seen the last of her on the LPGA Tour? Does she make a comeback at some point? And for the record, she said she's leaving it open. She doesn't really know yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably that's probably the answer. We really don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny how when you when you become a family person and you start having children, how that changes your perspective and how that changes your life. So uh, they're very focused on what they're going to do. Um, you know, you can say you're either going to do it or not going to do it, but she's probably doing it the right way, saying, you know, I'm really not sure what it's going to be like. I think you got to kind of um, get your feet wet a little bit there and see how it goes and, and see how it transpires. Um, and we, we you know we don't we hope we can continue to see her. We know that around here we will continue to see her because she's very active still in the golf community. Yep. Um, and if she wants to keep playing, you know, she knows she's got some work ahead of her, but she's always been one of those people that will work work really hard. Yep, great ambassador for Fargo. And, and really a great example, both her and Tom, that, yes, you can grow up in Fargo, and, yes, you can make it on the tour. I mean, I, I think more than that, more than anything, that's just something we can take away from both of those players. And I think, yeah, and I think you see it from the kids now that are that are playing high school golf. They're starting to play college golf. You know, both Amy and Tom have been kind of the leaders there. They've, they've had great careers on the tour. And like you said, they're from Fargo, North Dakota. If you put your mind to it, um, you can do it. And we're getting a lot more talented, deeper fields in all of our junior events and, and things like that. And they're getting more access to colleges um, and things like that. So I think you're going to see a little push here from kids that are going to at least try to make that next step. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks to you and Fargo Parks. Uh, you guys have always been great friends of the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. That's Greg McCall, the head professional at Edgewood and Fargo. Again, that'll do it for this year, the golf show. We will see you next March, certainly in the first show, probably the last week in March. A special thanks to our sponsors, Michelob Ultra, Fargo Parks Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Until next March, hit them straight.